0: All right. Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter six tonight. Matthew chapter six. We read a passage from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to focus on a couple verses, and then we are going to give you all tonight a spiritual eye exam. Spiritual eye exam. All right. Now, a lot of you are probably like this. I've been going to the eye doctor. Since I was three years old and getting checkups, you know, I wore glasses all my life. I've I've worked contacts ever since I've been here, but I've always been a uh, glasses person, had trouble with my eyes and things, you know, not able to see the best. And I have had a lot of eye checkups, so I know how these things go. Uh, I've I've been to many of them. But tonight we're going to give you all a spiritual eye exam. And, you know, a lot of times when you go to an eye doctor or just any doctor's appointment, They'll ask you a lot of questions. You know, they're checking to see if you have any symptoms. You know, every time I go to the eye doctor, they're always asking me if I've had any headaches or blurred vision, seeing double. You know, asking if you have all these things. And if you have certain symptoms, then they're like, okay, maybe this is your problem. And the more symptoms you have, the easier they're able to figure out maybe what your problem is. And the truth is, uh, many Christian people today, and you know, and lost people, there's certain spiritual problems that they have. And what we need to do, I believe, is have a spiritual eye exam to find out what our problem is. And so, how do we have a spiritual eye exam? How does that work? Well, you'll find out as we read this passage of Scripture. But it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, the wording in here is kind of confusing, but we'll take the time to go through and explain it. It says, "...the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single..." Thy whole body shall be full of light, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay. So most people today in their life, and this kind of goes along with what we preached a little bit today. You know, this morning the message I preached, I guess you could say, it was kind of a, almost a psychological me- message. Uh, you could say, and this is, this is kind of the same thing too tonight. You know, most people, they blame the circumstances that are in their life for how they see things or how they respond or how they feel. You know, if they're feeling bad, if they're in a bad mood, why are you in a bad mood? Well, it's because of this and this and this. It's because of that, this person or that person. You know, they've got all these things that they can blame, you know, and, or they'll say, you know, I, well, I'm having financial problems or I'm having marriage problems. And they'll start talking about all their circumstances and say, and, you know, they'll say that's why they're negative. That's why they're having problems. But the truth is, though, that circumstances, they have nothing to do with it. You know, because the truth is, no matter where you're at today, no matter how you feel, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your mood is, there is somebody out there who's worse off than you, that's in worse circumstances, who's having bigger financial problems. Who's, I mean, got a worse husband or a worse wife or whatever, and yet they still have love, joy, and peace in their life. So what is the difference? And I believe what makes the difference is your eye. Your eye. So how does that work? Let's read that passage again. It says, "...the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. You know what is it that allows us to to see what's around? You know, it's it's our eye, okay? You know, we're all able to take in light and the, and the eye is what takes that in. The eye is what's able to distinguish things, what's able what's able to see things. And if your eye, the Bible says, is evil, the whole body it's going to be full of darkness. If you have an evil eye, you're going to see everything in a dark way. And, and once again, and then it says, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, okay? You know, the light, you know uh, the light that comes into our body, okay, it comes through the eye. And if we have an evil eye, okay, then the only light, I know the wording in here sounds strange, but the only thing that's going in is darkness. And how great is that darkness? You're in trouble. The very part of your body that should be taking in light it's only taking in darkness. You're in you're in bigger trouble now, and so, you know what's this, how, You know how can we explain this in a way that's a little better? And I believe you know what we focus on, it's going to affect how we see everything. And to kind of illustrate this, when we were in Branson for our anniversary, we were at this museum, and at the end of it, when you leave, you walk through this tunnel, and there's like a little bridge with railings, and then there's these spinning lights that are just going around and around. And when I walked in there, I mean, it took completely threw me. I, I, I literally, I grabbed the... I, I was holding on to both railings, and I'm wedging my feet in there. I'm like hanging on like like the room's spinning. I mean, I'm leaning, you know, opposite of the way the lights are going, You know, tr- thinking I'm sp- about to spin and turn upside down and fall. But the truth is, I wasn't moving at all. I'm getting dizzy thinking about it. I get dizzy easy these days. But... I mean, it, it just it completely threw me. Why? Because I'm focusing on these lights that are spinning around and it's making my body think stuff is happening that's not happening. And I was kind of fascinated by that room. There was like nobody there at the museum when we were there. And my wife, she went through it one time. That was enough for her. But I was like, this is weird. You know why? You know I, I've got to be able to get to where I can walk through this without hanging on. So I kept trying. I, I was I was playing in there for a long time. I just kept, I, I'm going to figure out how to walk through this. Not and I do I go walking in there and then I'm I'm starting to lean out and have to grab onto the railing. And what was funny? They were saying that little kids usually can run right through it, and it doesn't affect them as much. And I got to thinking about it. That makes sense because little kids all are severely ADD. And a little kid, they're not—they they don't focus on anything. Me, I'm focusing on these lights that are spinning, and so it's making me think things are happening that are not happening. A little kid, they're just—they're running through. Now, it was a pretty short bridge. If it was long enough, and a kid went running through there, eventually he's going to go falling over or something because you got your peripheral vision. Uh, you know, he whether he's focusing on it or not, you know. Uh, it's, it's still going to affect his balance and things. Okay? But the truth, and the truth is, many people today, we are, we're focusing on things the wrong way. We're looking at the wrong things, and so it makes us think that things are going on that are not going on. That room was not spinning, but my whole body thought it was. And then finally, I, fi- you know, I figured it out what I just did, and it still wasn't easy. I went, I I got at the beginning of it before I went in there, and I just looked through the hall and I just tried to focus on one thing and just walk through there, and I was able to do it. I was able to walk through that whole room and not grab the railing. It took me a few tries, but I had to do that. You may may have watched ice skaters and stuff before. Have you ever seen those ice skaters when they're spinning super fast? And have you ever noticed how their head, you know, whenever they're spinning, I'm not going to try to do it because I'll get dizzy and throw up, but they'll, you know, They'll like twist their head around, keep doing that. You know why? Because they're focusing on one thing. You know, you look at them do that thing, how do they not get dizzy? How do they spin like that and then go take off and do a jump? If I spun like that, I'm done for. I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna fall over, I'm gonna throw up or something. But they focus on one thing, and so it keeps them from getting dizzy. And the truth is many people today whether they realize it or not they are focusing on all the wrong things the devil's got all these distractions and things out there and it's completely messing with their minds it's messing with their bodies and they you need to be focused on the right thing cuz what you focus on will affect how you see everything and if we don't stay focused on something we're going to get thrown for a loop by all the crazy things that are going on in the world and there's you know and then, along also, there's the danger too of getting focused on evil, which some people they are they are they're focused on things that are evil, causing them to have that evil eye, which then you're in even greater danger. And you know, as Christians, they hopefully we we'll all have the desire to have a, a good eye. You know, hopefully you don't have an evil eye. But how can we know? How can we give ourselves a spiritual Eye exam. How can we kind of put this into perspective? And hopefully, after we look at some of these other scriptures, it will help you understand what Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23 is saying. So, one question to just kind of throw your way, and there's a lot of things that we could do. We're, you know, we're going to just focus on a few things tonight. But here's one question How do you feel about helping others? How do you feel about helping others? How do you feel about helping other people? Can show us what kind of eye you have, what kind of spiritual eyesight you have. Look at Proverbs chapter twenty-two and verse nine. It says, "He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor." Now, what does that mean? A bountiful eye. How do you have a bountiful eye? Well, that word bountiful it means free to give, give liberal in bestowing gifts and favors. You know, generous. There are some people that are more generous than others. And did you know that generosity, I think we've all probably seen some of this in our life, it's not usually dependent on how much money the people have. Some of the most generous giving people that you'll ever meet are people who don't have a lot of money. What's the difference between them and somebody who has a lot of money? There's one who has a bountiful eye and there's another one who doesn't. What does that mean? That bountiful eye, there are some people... They look, when they look at their life, they're like what the Bible actually says to do having food and raiment there with, let us be content. They're looking today in their life and they're saying, you know what? I'm not hungry right now. I have enough food to eat. I'm 35 years old and not only am I not starving to death, but I have never been at a place in my life where I was even close to starving to death. I have clothes, I've got extra clothes. I have more than what I need. And then, if, I'm, if that's how I see my situation, hey, I'm fine today. I'm not taking thought for the morrow. If I see somebody today that is in need, I'm going to be like, you know, can, I can help that person. I'm not, hungry. I'm not hungry today. I've got more than what I need and I'll be willing to give to that person. But then there's another person who may have an evil eye. And they could be in the same situation I'm in financially, but they're going to say, "Well," and they'll see that person with the need, but you know I can't help them because you know what? I don't have as much saved for retirement as I should have at my age. You know, what if the stock market collapses? You know, what am I going to eat tomorrow? Yeah, I have clothes today, but they're getting kind of wore out. I'm going to have to buy some more clothes. Again, tomorrow or in the near future, and if I do that, if I help this person right now with their problem, I'm not going to have the money for what I need tomorrow. And the truth is, that person, their eyes, they're focusing on things that the Bible clearly says we're not supposed to be focusing on. The Bible clearly says, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. The Bible clearly tells us not to do that. It says, The Gentiles, they seek after those things. But as children of God, we shouldn't be worried about those things. But let's just be honest, some of us are. We worry a lot about those things, and we don't even notice other people that are in need because we are in you know, we don't we have an evil eye. We don't have a bountiful eye. We don't even see opportunities to be a help to other people because we have an evil eye. It's one that's focused on ourselves, it's focused on all the other things that are out there. And you know what? If you watch the news, you've got plenty of reasons to worry. About your finances. You know, we've been being told, I've been being told ever since I was, you know, I've been paying into Social Security that I'm not going to have Social Security. It's not going to be there when I'm 65 or however old you are when you get it. And you know what? That may be true, but you know, I'm 35 today and the Lord has a perfect record so far of taking care of me. His word still says, you know, like it says, I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging bread. But yet, many times, if I'm not careful, I'll get to think about that. You know, if I can't depend on Social Security, I've got to depend on these other things. And I'm going to start, you know, and I'm not saying you can't save for retirement. That's fine. But if I'm not helping other people, if I'm not giving like I'm supposed to, if I don't have a bountiful eye, if I am not liberal in my giving. There is something wrong with my eyesight. I am focusing on the wrong thing. I'm seeing the wrong things. And so, we've got to watch that. Acts 20, verse 35, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus how He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. To be blessed means to be happy. And there are some people who are happier than other people who have more money than them. Most people think I would be happy if I had more money. I would be happy if I could just if I didn't have to worry about paying my bills, if I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat. If I if I, basically saying I would be more happy if I wasn't disobedient. Because the Bible tells us not to worry about those things. And yet people do all the time and there is there is always somebody that's poor more poor than you that's more generous and that are more happy. So what's the problem? You can't blame your financial situation. You can't blame your job. You can't blame the circumstances that are in your life because you can always find somebody worse off than you that's happier than you are. The problem's with your eye. You've got an eye problem and you just need to admit it. Those with an evil eye, they look for ways to get out of being a help. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, verse 7 says, "...if there be among you a poor man..." of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need and that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be a sin unto thee. Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall not be greed when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother to thy poor and to thy needy in thy land." What this was talking about here, every seven years... They had that year of release. They had a time when all debts were wiped clean. They were all gone. Whatever anybody owed you, it was gone. And sometimes, there was a temptation. It's like, oh, man, why, why can't we do that today? Well, you know why we do that today? Because people running the financial system today are evil people. They're greedy. They're greedy people. And what would happen, if that were the case, nobody is going to lend money... On the last year of that seventh year, because well, the guy's not going to have time to pay it, and I we got to get rid of all the debts after that. It's all wiped clean, or what they would do in America if we did something like that. You know, they would just charge you outrageous interest. You know, or get you know. It, you know there's people that would take advantage, but they had they had that every seven years. It's all wiped clean, and there were some people they would look and say, you know, if I lend to my poor brother. I'm not going to get all that money back. And the Bible says their eye was evil against their brother, and they are they're trying to find a way to get out of doing what God commanded them to do. And God tells them here, you know, don't worry about that. I'm going to bless your land for you doing this type of thing. This type of action, you forgiving the debts of the people, I'm going to bless that. Now sadly, we see as we read through the Bible Israel never did that they never followed it like they were supposed to therefore they never even got to experience the blessings that they could have had if they would have done that we see in Nehemiah where we've been talking about that in Sunday school where they were taking advantage of their brothers yeah, with you know the, those who had loaned to them they had completely taken advantage of them and Nehemiah tried to, he got them back to doing that but it doesn't look like it lasted very long there because you know after the nehemiah's time they got real wicked again uh, we know through history but we see though that the result of that the bible said that was an an evil eye and there are some people today you can easily find an excuse to not help you know your brothers and sisters in Christ because you have an evil eye you you'll find an excuse easy you do not have a bountiful eye and we see in that passage that the one with the bountiful eye he's blessed he is happy why he gives he gives bread to the poor, and once again, the ha- that happiness has nothing to do with his financial state or anything like that. It has everything to do with his eye. He's got a bountiful eye. He sees the fact right now. I'm not I'm not hungry right now. I'm clothed right now. I'm wear- I'm wearing a suit right now. The Lord is taking care of me. I should if, if you right now. Are not hungry. You might be a little hungry, maybe because it's been a few hours since you ate. But if you've got food that you can go home to, you ought to feel blessed right now. You ought to feel. You ought to just have this feeling of security that the Lord is taking care of me. Okay, hey, I'm only 35 years old. Some, you know, a lot of you in here, you're even older than I am. And here you are at this age in your life, and you haven't starved to death. You're, st- you're the- at whatever age you're at, and you still have clothes. And you still have food. Isn't the Lord good? Well, if you have a bountiful eye, that's exactly how you're going to feel. And that is the truth. But many people, they don't feel that way at all. You know why? They're worried about everything else. They have an evil eye. And so how do you feel about helping those you know, who are in need? You might not even notice them because you're so focused on yourself. I'm afraid that's because you have an evil eye and you're not going to be happy. Those with an evil eye, they're always trying to find shortcuts for the riches. You know, they're you know they're they're always trying to find that easy way. Proverbs twenty eight twenty two says, He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not the poverty considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. You know what this passage makes me think of? All those people I gotta wait for in the gas station buying their lottery tickets. How do they have an evil eye? They're going in there, buying these tickets, hoping everybody else will lose. Think about it. If they get if they win millions of dollars, you know what they're saying? I hope millions of other people lose their money and I win it all. Where do they think that money's coming from? It's coming from all the other dummies that are buying those tickets. And it's a, I mean you I mean that is as greedy as you can get. You want everybody else to lose money so you can win. Wow, that's a real generous attitude. I mean that's very Christ-like. No wonder you're miserable. No wonder these people, even after they win the lottery, their lives don't get any better. Why? It's they don't they don't have a financial problem. They have a spiritual problem. They're trying to haste to be rich. These people who go into casinos and blow all their money. Why? I mean, many of these people going into casinos are already in debt up to their eyeballs. They're already having major financial problems. And you know what? I'm sorry, the only way out of debt, the only way to get out of financial problems, you've got to slowly dig your way out of it. You can get into it just like that, and it takes a long time to get out of it. But there's those they haste to be rich. Why? They have an evil eye. They're not considering the poverty that shall come on them. They're only going to be worse off. Many of the halfway houses that are out there today, a lot of the people that are in these halfway houses are not just the drug addicts and drunks anymore. Many of these are gambling addicts. People that lost everything from gambling it all away. Why? They haste to be rich. Not thinking about the poverty that shall come. People who used to live in nice houses, drive nice cars, had good jobs, and they lost everything. Why? They were trying to haste to be rich. And it completely ruined them. But you know, when it does when it does come to you helping people, is there an ulterior motive when you're trying to help them? Proverbs twenty three, six says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. What's it talking about there? There's people out there that'll do things for you. They're going to try to impress you because they want to get something from you. They have, they have an evil eye. They're looking to see how can I take advantage of these people. You know these car salesmen. You know you go you go into the car deal. You know, they're always trying to you know offer you something to drink and some coffee or you know they're all, hey you know what can we do for you? How can we help you? You know you're not here to help me. You know you're here to get me to help you. Okay, and that's you know and that's fine. Okay, I mean. I understand why they're there, but you know I I hate when they play those games with me. You know, you all know, you all been there, you've all dealt with the car salesman before, and we hate it. You know, we don't like it at all. They are not trying to help you; they're trying to help themselves. And I'm not saying that's bad, but you know what? Don't pretend you're trying to help me. You're trying to take me to the cleaners. You want to get me for every dollar that you can, and that's just how it is. So let's just be honest about it, you know. Let's just put all our cards on the table. <laughs> they'll do, they'll try to impress you, and you've all experienced that. We've seen that, and hopefully that's not how you are. Hopefully, if you if you have a bountiful eye, you're not trying to get something from people. You're you want to be a blessing. I mean, you just want to help these people, and you want to walk away and just be thankful that you had the opportunity to be a blessing. You want to you, know, you can just be thankful that the Lord has provided you with enough that you are able to do something for someone else. That's a blessing. I don't know how some people that are out there are able to sleep at night. You know, when they rip people off for thousands of dollars. I wouldn't feel good for that. You know, if I provide somebody a service and I get paid for it, that's fine. I've earned it. But you know what? I I shouldn't just rip people off. Take them to the cleaners and that, that's absolutely wrong. And a person with an evil eye, though, they don't, think, they don't think anything of that. So, how do you feel about helping others? Also, how do you feel about the laws of God? What do you think about... And I know we're all going to say, oh, I love the laws of God. But in Proverbs 7, verse 1, it says, My son, keep My words and lay up My commandments with thee. Keep My commandments and live, and My law as the apple of thine eye." bind them upon thy fingers, and write them upon the table of thine heart. You know, many people, when it comes to the laws of God, they don't like hard preaching. They don't like it. They would rather a preacher get up and just imply things. They would rather a preacher just get up and kind of talking code, you know. Don't get too specific. You know, we don't want people to think that, you know, you know, we're mean here, you know, we don't if if we get too specific, you know, we might get on somebody's toes. You know, we don't you're not supposed to ever feel like you're directing at anything specific. You know, why don't we just tell it like it is? Why don't we just tell the truth? And and the truth is, when it comes to the commandments of God, we ought to keep them as the apple or eye, talking, you know, that center, the part, the pupil in your eye, the part that takes in the light of We ought, that ought to be, I mean, the Word of God ought to be the focus in our life. The Word of God ought to be the focus in how we run a church. You know, many people, they're trying, they're always trying to find loopholes in the Scriptures, just kind of like the Pharisees did when it came to divorce. Or the Jews when it came to divorce. Remember how they asked Jesus about is it lawful to put, to put, for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And yes, Moses had given them a bill of divorcement. Yes, it was in the law that you were, there was a way you could divorce your wife. God gave them that, but you know what? It was very clear that that was not what God wanted. From the beginning, it was not so. We see there, was, you know, there were the laws that were given, but then you kind of have that spiritual law. For example, you know it was against the law to kill somebody. But Jesus said, "You know what? Hey, it goes deeper than that. If you hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. You know, if you look at a woman of lust after you've committed adultery with her already in your heart, it was more than just you know that letter of the law. You know, there many times those laws were trying to teach them something else. They were they were supposed to have a deeper meaning. But many people, when it comes to the laws of God, they're always trying to find a loophole." You've got people today, you know, obviously, you can't find scriptures, you know, pertaining to television, internet, you know, and they didn't have that back in the Bible days. But the principles are clearly there, but it's like, ah, because you can't find a verse in the Bible that says, you know, I can't watch a rated R movie, then, you know, you shouldn't be preaching against it. Well, you know, I think there's plenty of principles we can find. You know, we'll see one verse that I think goes along with it. Great, here in a little bit, but what they're 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 not looking. You can tell people's interest is not in how can I make sure I'm pleasing God. Their attitude is okay. What can I get away with? What am I allowed to do? You know, and that's a terrible attitude to have. And it's kind of like kids too. You know, their kids sometimes they want to they'll do. You know they're always trying to push the limit of things. You know what can I get away with? What can I do without getting punished? You know the attitude should be, you know, as a parent, you know, why don't you just try to please mom and dad? You know, how about you just? Why do you always have to walk the line on everything? Why not just play it safe? And you know, and some people too, they even go as far as blaming the law of God for their unhappiness. They think that the reason they're unhappy, the reason they're having problems, is because the commandments of God are grievous to them, even though First John tells us God's commandments are not grievous. Look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119, we actually see how the law of God and following the law of God will affect your emotional state, I guess you could say. It says in verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed. Happy. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. Not those who are looking for the loopholes. Those who with their whole heart, they're trying to obey God. When they see thou shalt not kill, they're not only are they going to kill people, but you know what? They're not even going to think about killing other people. Why? Because they're going after you know, pleasing God with their whole heart. God didn't have to put another verse in the Bible that says not only are you not supposed to kill people, you shouldn't think about killing people. You know, it's, some things don't need to be said. That, you know, and we see how today they're constantly making all these new laws, like for example, when you buy a car, there are so many papers that you have to sign. Why is that? Because so many people have gotten in deals that they didn't want to get into, or they've tried to get out of deals, you know, that later they regret and so they're always putting all these new making all these new laws, all these new rules, all these new forms. Okay, and really, why can't we just make a verbal agreement? Why can't we just put it on one piece of paper? Have one bill of sale that you signed and the car salesman signed. You know why? Because people today, they have an evil eye. They will take advantage of a situation. They will, I mean, they are fine with not doing what they are obligated to do. They have no problem, they would have no problem with walking away from a debt walking away from an obligation if they were legally able to do it. And so because of that, the car salesmen or the car dealers, they have to protect themselves. They can't go selling people all these cars and then the people never pay them back. You know the banks can't be given loans for these things and nobody ever pay them back. So they gotta put in all these protections and all it does is it make things more difficult. It makes everybody's job harder and it makes things more expensive for everybody too. I said it before I'll say it again. Every time there's a lawsuit. Every time somebody sues somebody, the world becomes a worse place. In just a small way. Every time you sue somebody, there's another form that everyone's going to have to sign. And so it's just, why can't people just be honest? You know why? They're not interested in keeping the laws. Verse 3 says, You know, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. It sounds like he wants to keep all the commandments of God. It's like that's his goal. Lord, I want to keep all of your commandments. Us? What do I have to do? What do I have to do to keep my salvation? Oh well, guess what? You don't. You can't lose your salvation. Oh, well, great! So I don't have to keep the commandments, right? Oh, well, we can't have that. So, but yeah, but there's a sin unto death. Oh, okay. So what's the sin unto death? I'll make sure I don't do that. You, you see how we are? You know, that's an evil eye right there. What can I get away with instead of like the psalmist here? Man, I want to. I want to learn. I want to study these things. I want to do all the commandments of God. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments I will keep thy statutes O forsake me not utterly. Boy what a, I mean what a passage that is it's very clear that those who obey the laws of God are going to be the happier people and if you are if you don't like the laws of God if you get mad when you hear preaching on a sin that's in your life there's something wrong with your eye you've got an eye problem you have a spiritual eye problem and a person who has that the right kind of eye. They are, they're going to be looking for these things. They're going to follow them. They're going to do them. And you will be happier when you obey the law of God. Nobody. I mean, we've got all these people my age that are, it's like they're complaining about all the standards that were forced on them in their life and all the things they could do and all the things they couldn't do. And boy, what a burden it was. You know, for you know, the girls not to be able to dress like guys and the guys not to be able to dress like girls and for the, the young people not to be able to you know, go and do whatever they wanted with each other and go watch movies and all these things. Hey, keeping commandments are not grievous. They will make you happy. The more you obey God, the happier you will be according to the Word of God. Now, for a lost person, I can see how the commandments of God would be grievous. But not for a saved person. That's, just, that's not what the Bible teaches at all. So, how do you feel about the laws of God? And then also, how do you feel about those who break the law of God? Psalms 101, verse 2. Now, you can say there's no verses in the Bible about TV or Internet. But I don't know what you do with this passage here. It says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. When I'm in my house, I'm going to have a perfect heart. Man, I want to have a heart for God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have. I'm going to behave myself in a perfect way. I'm going to do right when I'm in my house. I'm not going to do right like most Christians where they, they know how to act when they're at church. They know what they're expected to do from everybody in the church. Hey, when I'm in my house, when I'm in the privacy of my home, I'm going to have a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to Me. Are we sure they didn't have TV back then? What was He talking about? He's talking about setting a wicked thing before His eyes. He hates the work of them that do iniquity. What in the world is that talking about? From back then before they had television. Did Did they hire actors to come in their house and do plays? I mean... Or did they have some technology back then that you know was forgotten and lost in history? <laughs> it sounds a lot like television to me, but I don't know. Verse four: A forward heart. We talked about that this morning. You know, a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. You know, we feel like we know many of these actors and actresses that are out there. I mean, you've got kids; they'll put posters up of them in their bedrooms. I mean, they, they do. They feel like they've got this personal connection with them. And, you know, people will travel around to see these people and they'll clamor for their autographs and stuff. You know, he's like, I'm not even going to know a wicked person. I don't want to know who these people are. Verse 5. And this is interesting here, too. I think he was talking about, I think they had computers back then. I think they had Facebook back then, if you ask me. Look at this. It says, Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him like cut off, him that hath an high look and a proud heart, why not suffer? Well, you know how much backbiting and slander goes on the internet? I was just talking to somebody yesterday and he brought up the social media and just how he was talking about how wicked it was. He's like, I don't I don't understand how people can just go on there and just badmouth people and say the worst things about people. And it's true. It says him that hath a high look and a proud heart. Some people, they're on social media. I I and they all they do is brag on there. All they do is brag. I'm talking Baptist these some of these twit heads, you know, that Baptist preachers that just go on there and literally do nothing but brag on themselves. They have a high look, a proud heart. He said I'm not going to suffer them. They're not going to get into my house. How would they have gotten into his house? I'm telling you folks, I think they had computers back then. I'm just playing, but. You know the truth is, people have been the same all throughout time, and I don't know how they did it back then. I don't know if they printed up papers of themselves and sent them everywhere to you know promote themselves. Hey, look, look what I did this last week. You know, look at this feast that I had. You know, look at this new outfit, and they had somebody paint a picture of them, and they sent copies of. Them. I don't know, but this sounds an awful lot like what's going on today with technology. It sounds an awful lot like television. And social media, what is going on? It says mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. And he that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Hey, okay. he's like I want to have a perfect heart. He wanted to have the right kind of heart, the right kind of eye. And so you know what? I don't even want to. I don't want to associate myself. I don't want to see those that are doing wicked. And you know why many people are going liberal today, why they're you know going in all these other directions, is they're completely focused on every, everybody out there in the world doing their crazy stuff. Many of the people, the way they're patterning their churches, it's after the television preachers. It's after the people that are on the Internet and they're watching all the things they're doing and they're focused on all those things. And you know what? They're walking in the wrong directions in a perverse way their eyes are focused on the wrong things they have an evil eye and we wonder why you know how things have gotten so far off in churches today how the type of music can be in churches that it's being played in churches today how the type of preaching the some of the doctrines that are being taught in churches today how did that happen well it didn't happen cuz they were studying their bibles it didn't happen cuz they were focused on Jesus Christ. It happened because they got distracted by everything around them. You know, they're in that it's like they're walking through through that narrow path in that tunnel of spinning lights and you do you get looking at those things and you're going to be all thrown out of whack. You're going to think things are going on all oh, you know, times are changing. And you're going to be just trying to hang, you know, you're going to be trying to hang on like oh, I must look stupid in that room, you know, holding on, you know, and leaning like the room's curving. It wasn't curving. It was, nothing was happening. But I was focused on my surroundings and it made me think it was. It made my whole body think it was I'm hanging on for dear life when nothing's going on. And there's people today, they're going off in all these different directions. It's like they're trying to survive. They're trying to hang on. When you know what? Nothing's changed. They're focused on the wrong things. They need to get focused on the Word of God, on Jesus Christ, and they'd be fine. And you know, if wickedness in this world doesn't bother you, Something's wrong. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7, we see the story. It says, "...and he delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds." Lot didn't do the things that those in Sodom and Gomorrah did, but he saw them and he heard them. And it vexed his righteous soul. Okay, it, it messed him up. And you know, that's kind of interesting too. It says, in seeing and hearing. What are the two senses that you use when you're watching television? You're seeing and hearing. And people are seeing and hearing this wickedness all the time. You know, on social media, on the internet, whatever. You're seeing and hearing things all the time. And it is. It's, it vexes right to soul. We see that Lot, even though he was a saved man, Y'all know the story of what happened after they got out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He, you know, took some things with him. His daughters took some things with them. We see him getting drunk and a horrible abomination taking place in the cave there. I mean, what a sad, sad story that was. What happened? He saw too much, he was focused on the wrong thing. It messed up his sight, you could say. And we you need to ask yourself, hey, you know, what kind of eye do I have? Am I focused on the good things? You know, do I have a bountiful eye? How do I feel about the laws of God? Am I trying to find out new laws that I've not noticed? Am I studying the Bible to find out what laws I could be breaking, or am I reading the Bible so I can figure out how I can get out of stuff? Am I looking for loopholes? You know, how do I how do you feel about those who break the law of God? Does it bother you or does it does it not bother you at all? It ought to bother you. It ought to affect you. You ought to be doing what you can to not see those things. To avoid those things. And we are, we are living in a world of darkness. We are surrounded by wickedness. And if we're going to have the right kind of eyes, we've got to be more focused than ever on Jesus Christ and His Word. Word, His Word. This world is a dark place. And the light of the body is the eye. And so if our focus is on darkness... And that what we're taking in is darkness. What we're taking in is evil. The light that's in us is darkness. How great is that darkness? We are in trouble. So you've got to get focused on the right things. You need to think of yourself going through this world like someone walking through that tunnel of spinning lights. And you've got to to block it all out. And you've got to zero in on something. You've got to stay focused on something and don't, don't pay any attention to what's going on. Otherwise, it's going to mess up your thinking. It's going to mess up how you see things. It's going to mess up how you feel about things. And you can, you can sit around and try to blame your circumstances, blame everybody else all you want, but it's your problem. Maybe you have an evil eye and you need to ask the Lord to help you have the right kind of eyesight, have the right kind of eye, and then you will be able to be blessed be happy and i think that's i think that's something that everybody wants and so with that let's all stand together